Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. That we're here, that you've got something incredible in store for us this afternoon. You know, I want to just take over and uh, work Judith's word again, which is so beautiful in communion about mess. And uh, yesterday I was on a plane coming back from England and it was a very stormy, windy ride. And it's one of those rides where you put on your podcast and you listen to worship music in your ears and you're looking at everyone else going, I've got Jesus. (laughs) I've got Jesus. And I was listening to a song that said, it's okay to not be okay because God's got you because he's holding you. And I thought that was really cool because there are some times where you feel like it's, it's not okay to tell people that you're not okay. It's not okay to feel things aren't good. It's okay. I just want you to have permission today on the back of what Judith said so powerfully. It's okay to be a mess. <laughs> not that we're all a mess this morning, but there are those areas, but it's okay. Because God's holding you. He's got your back. And he's going to turn that not okay thing into something that's okay. I'm here today. Thank you, Jesus. We all we clapped the pilot when we landed. It's like, way here. I'm okay. God will turn your mess, the things that aren't okay, he's going to make them okay. You just need to know that this morning. And as we, as we pray, I want us to pray right now. I want to pray over this world because it's not okay. There's a lot of things going on in this world. It's not okay. In Christchurch, New Zealand, it is not okay right now. It just suffered, if you haven't seen the news, uh, racial attack on two mosques killing nearly 50 people. It's not okay. And God has something to say about that, and he has something he wants to do in that. But it requires us to pray, right? It requires us to get involved. We have a church there, a C3 church in Christchurch. So let's pray. Let's not just pray over New Zealand, but let's. it's really good. It is really good to stir up our heart for the mess of this world and to let God touch our hearts on how he sees this. So let's just lift up our voices just for a few moments. And we pray, Spirit of God, we pray, we, 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 we declare that you rule and reign, Spirit of God. We lift up our voice and declare that you are God and you will have your way, that you will turn hatred into love, that you will bring light into darkness, that you will fulfill your promises, that God, behind every story in our news, whether it's Christchurch or something else, every dark story we read, there's another backstory of what you're doing that we can't see. So we proclaim out in the Spirit today that you are doing things that we cannot see. You are breaking barriers down. You are creating new spaces. You are creating streams in the wilderness. And we declare that you are good, that love will prevail. God, we thank you that that you're the God who rules this world. The devil might be out there trying to make a mess, but you are the overcomer. And we speak that into a situation where there's brokenness in Christchurch. We pray healing and the power of God over lives in Jesus' mighty, mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. Come on. Beautiful. Wonderful. That's good. 
Let your heart be touched by what goes on in the world because we need to pray. Beautiful. Thanks, band. What a band. Let's give them a hand too. Thanks. Thanks, Ruben, too. Do you know, we had Ruben for dinner the other day and he's a very funny man. Um, aren't you, Ruben? He's just, he's like funny as in he's really sharp and he made me laugh. And so did you, Latace, by the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's give Ruben a hand. He's great. <laughs> And he brought me a bottle of port, which is always a good sign. Thank you, Ruben. I, he, I had dinner with my husband as well, just in case you were wondering. It's like family dinner. <laughs> okay. Right. We're going to start our second part on the series, Building It Strong. Um, today I've called it Moving Beyond Your Past, um, which is good, again, with what you just said, all about getting over our mess of our past um, but what I want to say, just before we start, I want to say something that God reminded me as I was getting ready this morning, how important it is to prepare our heart on a Sunday. And not just on a Sunday, but actually whenever we gather, whenever we're in groups, whenever we're in the presence of God, it's so important to prepare our heart because our heart is the seedbed of our life, our mind and our heart. And Sometimes I picture the Holy Spirit being up here when I'm preaching or he's up here in worship and he's with you and he's in you, but I see him here and as I'm speaking, I'm praying that when I communicate, when I speak, he travels through it and he deposits seeds in your life. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they need. I don't, I don't know what they are because I don't know you like he knows you, but you know, what Intan's going to get from this message is completely different to what Ferry's going to get because their season of life's different and Holy Spirit's got a seed for them. He's got a seed for you and I, but we need to be ready for it. Otherwise, it will bounce off our heart. Otherwise, it will get stolen. Otherwise, it will get choked out. And, and, I, and I really believe, I, I wrote here, I wrote, the word, of God can, is, the word of God that you hear contained in the seed that he'll give you contains freedom. So the freedom you need this morning, for whatever that might be, is contained in the seed that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. But you need to take hold of that seed. It's, it's an, and you've got to work it in. You've got to embed it into your heart and let it grow to be something beautiful. Because out of that is your story. So we're about seed sowing this morning. So turn to someone and say, God's got a seed for you. <laughs> Wonderful. Write the seed down. When you get a seed... When you get a seed of truth, when the Holy Spirit is saying you need to change that thinking, you need to do this with your finances, I need you to, I need you to take hold of that part of the message and work it into your life, write it down because it's sacred and it deserves to be written down because then you can, exact, you can see it with your own scribble. Okay, that's just, oh, and it switches on your faith. <laughs> you saw that segue and, and it swi- you need to switch on your faith like you need to switch on the light, ladies. So on your seat, there is a beautiful green card with Inda, but you can't see her face. She has a lovely face, but we cut it off for this. For this. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we, this, this gathering in May is all about using the Word of God to break down strongholds, using the Word of God to recreate in you who you think you are. It's going to be a very powerful gathering. So you've got one on your seat, um, and there are plenty more outside in the cafe. So they're there for invitations. It's a cute little postcard. You give it to someone else. You guys, if you're sitting on one, don't leave it there and go, it's for women. Take it away and do something with it. 
Give it back to your, give it to someone. I don't know. <laughs> Find something to do with it. Okay, so building it strong. So last week, it was a different, we had a rug last week, actually. It was different. And we had a sofa moment where us Warren shared our bit of our life and our story. And we've had some great feedback. Thank you, because it was something we've not done before. And I'm not sure if we'll do it again. <laughs> Maybe in 10 years' time. Uh, but we talked about intentionally seeking wisdom in your life to construct your family and construct your marriage, construct your future. And I want to look today about moving beyond your past because to create the future that you and I want, which we have a lot of good ideas and, and, and dreams for our future, but to create those dreams, you're in that dream. You bring you and all your past with you. And sometimes we're so living in our past, we're so, it's so in our face, it's so in our heart, that it keeps tripping us up when it's supposed to be behind our back. And we so long for more, maybe, in our life, but because we've got challenges and vulnerability and still carrying brokenness, we don't seem to move to where we want to move to. So I want us to give us some hope today to say to you, today God's going to move you beyond your past. At some level, he's going to move you. I spoke to someone this morning who's in her... Ooh, Hope she's not here. 50s, 60s. No, she's in her 50s, definitely. And, um, and, she's, and, and, and I said, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're 20 and looking back at your childhood or you're 50 or 60, 70. There's, some, there's still stuff that you're dealing with. And you, you often face it in midlife. Uh, you face it again. I don't know why. I'm still sort of figuring that one out, but you do. So we're always going to face things that God wants us to keep uh, recreating and, and changing and, and growing. So we're going to move beyond to a place of hope today. So I want to take you to the, one of the most hopeful scriptures that I know, and that's Isaiah 43, verse 18 to 19. I'm going to read it in two versions for you. Oh, is it there? Okay, I'm going to read it anyway. So God says to you this morning, even though this was in context to the Israelites coming out of Babylon... And he was speaking it over them because he wanted them to remember that he was their God and they were his people and yet their mind was stuck somewhere else and he wanted to tell them that I'm going to do a new thing in you but you've got to move from fear to faith. I feel that's so appropriate for us at every level. So this is it. Forget, God says, the former things. Forget them. Stop remembering them. Forget them. Do not dwell on the past because, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. From the, I love reading scriptures in lots of different translations because I want to get the richness, the depth, the insight of it. And I love the message. It says, forget what's happened. Forget it. Don't keep going over old history. Don't keep going over your old background and all the things that you faced. Be alert and be present. As in stop living there, live here. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. The Holy Spirit says to you, there it is. I'm doing something. I'm making a road through the desert. I'm making rivers in your wilderness. Do you believe that this morning? 
Oh, come on. We've got to get excited about this scripture because it's real. Like, you might not feel this, but we're going to take this by faith today. This is exciting. And there are three negative thought patterns connected to your past that can shape your thinking now. All right? There are ways that we can black frame our life now rather than gold frame our life in three different ways connected to our past. We can say, I had too many missing pieces from my past, so I've got gaps now. Or we can say, there are reasons why I can't move on. There are just reasons. I can't tell you there's just reasons. Or we can say, I have too much emotional baggage, men and women. Okay, guys, men and women have emotional baggage. You might not like to say as a man, I have emotional baggage, but you do. You may have. It's stuff that's connected to your past. And what we have to ask ourselves, and I asked myself this this week, I asked myself a lot, when was the last time you examined your patterns of thinking and thought, does God agree with these silent thoughts of mine? We have to ask ourselves that question. Does God agree? Does he say yes and amen to those silent thoughts of mine that nobody else can hear? They can't hear them, but they can see it in the fruit of your life. Does God agree? No, he doesn't agree with any of those, by the way. <laughs> so I want us to address those three. Then I'm going to speak some stuff God's put in my heart. And then we're going to have a time of ministry at the end, because I think that's really important, because this is not such a practical message. It's more of a letting the Holy Spirit do something in you. How good was Thursday night, everyone, with Pastor Phil? Oh, If you weren't here, you can't get the podcast, sorry. (laughs) I don't think there was one, was there? It was too, like, yeah, it's just, you've got to be here. So I want to address, number one, moving the missing pieces in your life. Moving, Moving beyond the missing pieces in your life. Paul was a man, Paul in the New Testament, When I read him, and I've been reading him a lot recently, I'm trying to read between the lines of what he was saying. He was a man who had an incredible destructive past before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And I I, I read between the lines of what his mindset was like before he got saved. A man who was proud, a man who thought he had it all, but a man with a lot of missing pieces. And a man who had a lot to move away from in his past. You think you had issues. He was crucifying Christians. Or crucifying. He was stoning them. He was stoning. He stoned Stephen in front of the apostles. And in front of people. You think, we think we have it bad. Like, he was a murderer. And he had a lot to move away from. And we sometimes read him and go, oh, you know, it's so amazing what he's reading. But he had a tough ride that he had to work through. There are 15 years in the New Testament, we read, where, he, where he's off the grid. You don't see him and you don't hear about him. Because I think he was having to work through his past. He was having to work through old mindsets. He was having to work through moving beyond the missing pieces in his life that he didn't have. He says this in 1 Corinthians 15. For I am the least of all apostles. Like, I'm tiny. In fact, I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, Paul says, whatever I am now, because you didn't know me back then, but whatever I am now, God has poured out his special favor on me and not without results. 
Like, he's going, yeah, I've got results. For I've worked harder than any other of the apostles, yet it was not I but God who was working through me by his grace. And I don't think he meant I'm working harder as in I'm better than them. I think maybe this is me, but I think what he meant was I'm working harder because my mind was a mess, because my heart was a mess, because I... I carried such bad attitudes in my heart, and he had missing pieces. He wasn't around Jesus. When Jesus walked to this earth, Paul wasn't there, walking with him and doing the life with him. He was behind the scenes persecuting. He, he didn't have the relationship with the other apostles in that 12. He wasn't part of that. He missed that. You ever think about that? He missed out on all that. Because his heart, I don't, and I don't quite know why, but he missed it. He would have felt that. When he, when he got saved, instead of someone being empowered by the Holy Spirit, he was empowering other people to kill Christians. That was his framework. His whole religious faith had missed the points. He was zealous for completely the wrong things, and he'd chosen a route which was making him miss out all the way. He had accolades of being a Pharisee, but he had no love in his heart. He had hatred. And when you read, when I, I love it when you read um, Corinthians, and he says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but I have not love, I am a, just a bad sound. Why did he say that? Because he had no love once in his heart. He had a missing, big missing piece in his life. And when he writes about love is patient, love is kind, love always protects, he didn't protect his old life didn't protect. His old life was not kind. His old life was proud. His old life did dishonor people. His old framework, what was missing from his life, which is why he says this so passionately. You can hear his voice, but love is patient and it's kind because that wasn't what he had. I find that incredible. And I, and I look at us and I think, so what questions do we ask ourselves? Where are our missing pieces where are your missing pieces, men and women and teenagers in this room? Where are your missing pieces? Because you may, you may have a thinking pattern that says, yeah, but there's something missing in my childhood. And because of it, I can't move on. I was never taught boundaries, so I've made some pretty big fat mistakes. Um, no one spoke encouraging words over me. I never heard my parents say, you did good. And so there's a, pissing, there's a missing piece of the puzzle. My parents were absent. They were divorced. One, one died. One wasn't here. They, they were here, but they weren't here. Um, I, I cannot create what was never modeled to me. If only it had been different. If only my culture hadn't been so strong in my family. If only I'd known Jesus when I was young. So many things that we can say that we never had. Pieces of the puzzle. What were your parents unable, unwilling to give you, to nurture you, to protect you? We can have fabulous parents, but even at the core of that, they had their own baggage. They had their own things they had to work through. Maybe they couldn't give you what you needed. Maybe they still can't. I had a conversation with someone only yesterday over, over breakfast, and they were nearly in tears saying, my, my family just cannot give me what I need. And it's broken him, broken his heart. And, and I just, I work, work through this with him. He's, he's not even a Christian. I was working this through with him and going, you know, you got to somehow let it go. I'm not going to be able to give my kids everything they need because there's still broken pieces in me that God is mending. You know, bit by bit, he's mending. 
What do you think your missing pieces are? Because you and I may carry wounds from the past and vulnerabilities that we have to protect, but they don't define our future. They don't have to define our future. And why is that? Because God is raising you now. God is raising you now. I love that. Like, I love my parents. I'm 47. Um, God is raising me now. They're still there and they're around, but God misses nothing. He positions you in a church family like this. He roots you. He plants you and he says, stay. Why does he do that? There are lots of reasons why God roots you in a family and says, stay. Why? Because in a family like this, in a church family like this, we can help disciple people in the very missing pieces they never had. That's the power. That truly is how God sees it. He says, you didn't have parents. You had a, you had a, you had a, a, a dysfunctional childhood in this, area, in this area. You had way too much responsibility on you as a teenager. Well, I'm going to put you in a church family, and you're going to relearn that. And those missing pieces I'm going to create in you to a place of health so that you are not afraid of your future. You're not afraid of passing that on to your children because I'm a God who recreates, and I'm going to do it in the house of God. Amen? Amen. I love that. I love that. He places us in a body. When Steve and I were in our 20s, is that the time? No. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, when we were in our 20s and we are about to get married, we discussed, oh, that's totally the Isn't that annoying when someone's got a scarf on and it's two different lengths? There we go. Um, all the women went yes and all the men went, oh. <laughs> when we were in our 20s, we, before we got married, we tried to work through the things that we love from each other's families and the things we didn't want to replicate, thank you very much. <laughs> and we did that intentionally because we knew we had a blank canvas to create. And that wasn't easy because we brought ourselves into our marriage. We brought ourselves in with stuff that we hadn't had feeling from at all yet. At 21 and 23, there was a lot of stuff that needed dealing with. But it was the church family and our identity in Christ that we worked out and our C3 family that modeled to us what it could look like by faith. So stick in family life. Okay, moving beyond your excuses. I'm going to speed up a bit here. Number two, moving beyond your excuses. Romans 8, those who are in the realm of the flesh, says Paul, cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. You're in the realm of the spirit, if indeed God's spirit lives in you. All the way through Romans and with a scripture like this, Paul is saying, I don't live in the old me anymore. The old me has died. It's been crucified. I have a new wineskin. I have a new shell. I'm a new creation. Romans 8 is the most incredible chapter in the whole Bible. I'll say that probably about something else next week, but, you know, it's just the way I am. It's the most amazing chapter. Because he's saying, I'm a new person because I'm in the spirit. And it's this person that I live out from. Not the old me. It's dead. It's gone. The old Lisby is crucified. She died a long time ago. She died yesterday because I'm being renewed every single day. That is the best hope you can ever have. That God is always recreating you. There is a new version of you. He's recreating you. You don't have to stay the same. It's never too late. The grace of God is all over you. That is the hope of the cross. And, uh, and, and I know, I, uh, I think Paul here, he just, he wipes out our excuses. 
Because what are the excuses that you use to stop you moving on? Because we have to crucify them. We have to surrender them to Jesus. If somebody had understood me better, if only I'd had this in my life, um, if, if I hadn't had so many negative things said about me, you know, you'd be up a library of excuses that say, I can't change the way that I am. And God's like, what? What have I done for you? I've done everything to empower you to move away from that. One of the best things we can do is let other people into the world of your excuses and my excuses. That's what husbands are for, for wives, and wives are for husbands, and friends are there for good friends, and group leaders are there for their groupies in church, and well, that's what we do. The worst thing we can do is block our ears out to a voice of reason that says to you, I want to help you take your next step. You need to get over your excuse. We wouldn't say it like that. That's pretty like, hard, isn't it? But what I'm saying is, let people speak. Don't block your ears to voices that help you move beyond your past. Number three, moving beyond and leaving your baggage. Oh, that's a nice, nice images. Cool, like those. Got to take Philippines for that scripture, for that, as a scripture for this one. Philippines 3, from the Passion. Paul, who had to leave a lot of baggage behind, there's a lot of weight in these words far more than we will ever realize. I'm going to chat to him the moment I get to heaven. I'm going to beeline him and talk to him about this one. He says, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance that I may reach the purpose that Christ Jesus has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength, praise God, to accomplish this. However, I I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future ahead. We've got to stop fastening our heart to the past and fasten and secure our heart to the future. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. You know, Paul carried into, into his life the weight and the vivid memories of what he did, of the scars that he bore in his attitudes and his, and his behavior. And he would have wrestled the whole of Romans 8 in his mind. And the enemy would have come back to him time and time again and reminded him of his past in order to say, Paul, you're not qualified. You're not qualified. And you may do the same thing as Paul, that the devil keeps reminding you of your past, the missing pieces, the excuses, the baggage, to the point where you get, I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to move on. I'm not qualified to have a beautiful family. I'm not qualified to get married. I'm not good enough. Yes, you are. You are qualified because of Christ in you. And we may say, why should I try? I have too much baggage. But you need to travel light. You and I need to travel light. And we need to let go of that emotional baggage that we have and the vivid memories that we have and put them down to being not a wound anymore, not an open wound, but a scar that we will live with and they're part of our story. But they're not oozing blood anymore. They're healed. And some of you need to know that. You're healed. You're not the same person that you were then. I want to, um, I want to uh, 
say this to you. One thing that's really helped me deal with visually some of the things of my past is to believe that Jesus has rewritten my past. I want to explain what that means to you because it's really important you know when you look to your childhood, do you look to the things of yesterday, of 10 years ago, Jesus has rewritten it. And how does he do that? And what is it that you need Jesus to rewrite? Or you need to know Jesus has rewritten? Some of you need to know he's written with his own finger on something over your past. And I see it like this, and this image for me is a game changer. If you sit down and write yourself a... I'm looking at you, Fabricius. If I'm trying to get you to say it, if you were to write yourself an autobiography, now what would your chapters be? Men and women in this room, if God was to say to you, write a bio, an autobiography, you write it about your life, what would your chapters be? Because many of you are going to write books. Come on. And uh, what would you include? The seasons, the drama, the lessons you've learnt the voice of God, the pain you've suffered, maybe the hands of other people, the joys and the griefs, the successes you've created, um, finding God again, um, maybe writing about things you, you never had. You know, when you read an autobiography, it's full of rich experience. But God would write a completely different biography on you. Let's call it a father biography because biography sounds a bit boring. But as your father, he would write a biography. He would sit down and write about you. And he would write about you before your childhood. He would write about from the moment he, he found you, he thought about you, the moment before you were conceived. That's where he would start. He'd start the story before you existed, that he wanted one of you, so he decided to make one of you, and there's no one else like you. That's where he would start. And he wouldn't type it. He would, I don't think, because I'm a writer. He would script it out in beautiful formation. And he would extend his arm to write thousands and thousands of words about you. And, and he wouldn't just write a book that went saved, ticked, She's in heaven. He's in heaven. He wouldn't do that. No, 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 no. He sees every detail of your whole life. He sees every moment and every word you spoke. He would be writing, this is important to hear, he would be writing what he saw through your eyes. He would be writing where he was when you went through that abuse. He would be writing where he was when you were neglected, where you were when you didn't know Jesus, where he'll be writing where he was when you were wrapped up in your sin and in your habits and in the things that were pulling you down. He was there and he would write what he saw. He would write about how he intervened when you weren't even looking. He would write about how he let you travel through something in the hope that you would push into him and like go, God, I need you. He would write about the times as a father he tried to discipline you so that you would become wiser and stronger as a man of God, as a woman of God. If he was the author and not you, he would write on every single page, somewhere on that page, how incredible you are, 
how you didn't believe in who you were created to be, but he did. From the moment before you were conceived until now, he's writing that story. It's a story about how he never gave up on you. The how he rewrote over your life every mistake you made, every mistake your parents made, every mistake your brother and sister made toward you, every pain you bore, every sickness you went through, every abuse you suffered, every neglect you faced, every harsh word spoken over you, every grief you carried, every missing piece you had, every excuse you ever used, and every part of your emotional baggage, he would rewrite over your life, forgiven, healed, restored, beautiful, qualified, strong, priceless, whole, set free because of my son. That is the power of the blood of Christ. It's powerful. It rewrites your history under his name, which gives you the freedom to move on from failure to overcomer, from abandoned to adopted, from neglected to loved, from wounded to whole, from damaged goods in this room to priceless masterpiece, from afraid to fearless, from bullied to embraced, from anorexic to free, from confused to certain, from lost to found, from sinner to saint, from naive to wise, from desperate to hope-filled. That is what he writes over your life. Can I have the band up, please? That's beautiful. And... And the strokes of his pen would write a love story to you, whether you're a man here or a woman. Sometimes we think that's feminine. It's not. Jesus loves you, men. He's written a love story over your life. And it's powerful because it says this. It says, for not one minute were you forsaken. It says, even when you and I rejected him and refused to listen, when our heart towards him was cold, when we got fed up with his church, when we shouted at him because it wasn't fair, when our own fathers neglected us, when our mothers lied to us, when our, when our, when our trust was crushed in childhood, when you found out the one you loved was actually breaking your heart behind closed doors, God is and always will be writing a love story of his magnificent, unconditional love for you. His perfect love, which makes all things new. And I want that to minister to you today because it is so profound and important that we get hold of this because this is our God story, right? This is so much part of our God story that we learn to move away from our past. And this love just speaks into you all the missing pieces that you're missing. It, that love enables you to stand in his presence and feel the grace of God empowering you to move forward and to recreate your future from this day forward. So I want us to stand right now. And I know this like is a message that kind of messes with your heart and, and it's meant to and the Spirit of God is throwing out seeds right now to you. And He wants you to do something with them. And so I want to just, we're going to go back into worship just for a moment. Just going to sing, um, not for a moment was I forsaken. And as we're doing that song, if you want to move forward from your past at any level, if you're a man here and you're going, I've got, I've got brokenness. I know this is 
Not easy, but it's really powerful and important to do because we're then saying, Jesus, you did this all and I will not live in a place of, I'm not going to live in a place of any brokenness. I want to recreate what I never had. That's what we're doing. This is a recreation altar call. So during this song, if that's you, you're like, I want to move away from something in my past. No one else is going to know what it is. I want you to move forward. I want you to come down here and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit do some stuff. Okay, in the last few minutes. So if that's you, we're going to sing. I'd love you to come forward. God wants you here. It's an important step for you to make because he's drawing a line for your life. And this is the way of going, God, okay, I surrender it to you. He can't recreate you for your future if you don't surrender. He can't. He requires something from you. And it's surrender of your heart because he loves you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, drive on The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Not for a minute was I The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Let's keep singing. I'm going to pray Not these people. For a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place, and come Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place, the Lord is in this place, and not for a minute was I forsaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Come, Holy Spirit, dry bones awaken. The Lord is in this place. The Lord is in this place. Jesus, he's got something for you right now. God, as we pray, thank you,
God, we speak faith. It's faith that we need. It's faith to believe. Oh, God, if it's anything, it's the currency of faith. And I want to finish by speaking this over you. And it's, I'm taking us back to Isaiah 43 because he said this to me. Sometimes he gives me a scripture and I kind of, he speaks more into it. It's not that this is, this is all scripture, but it, I sometimes have to dig deep into a scripture and go, but what more is there? Like, what does your voice say about this scripture? And I feel like this for Isaiah 43 over you. So just take this. Don't listen to me. Listen to him. He says, right now, forget and let go of your past. It has no hold over you, only the power that you give it. Because what my son is doing in you is a new thing every every single day. Don't keep going over old ground. Stop seeing the missing pieces and creating excuses. Bring me your heavy suitcase of baggage. Open it up at the foot of the cross and let it out. And stay with me. Stay with me. By my spirit, I'm going to give you a blank white canvas and you and I are going to write on it something completely new that you've never seen before in your life. How? Because my mercies are new every day for you and I sing them over you. Can you see this by faith? It's a new wineskin for the fresh outpouring. It's a new pathway for you to create a beautiful marriage and family. It's a new pathway I show you as you make me number one with or without a partner by your side. I need you to move beyond your past to a place of faith across a line that I have drawn in love. Did I not find you and rescue you? Did I not take you from a place of captivity to the kingdom of light? Have I not delivered you into a spacious place? Have I not, have I not done everything for you to show you how much I am for you and not against you? So pick up your sword. Use the word of God to break the full force of the lies of the devil and surrender yourself to me so that I can do a new thing in you. So Father, we, God, we take that scripture. I pray that, I pray this week that this scripture would live in you. You would take this scripture as a seed and dig your personal life into this scripture. It says, I am doing a new thing. And it's not just, whoa, it's now. It's every single day he's doing a new thing. You need to know that. I need to know that. Because yesterday could have been crap. But every day, there's a new hope. And we speak that over ourselves and we speak that over everyone on this altar call. And we speak that over every life member of our church. We speak that over every neighbor that we live with, every family member, God, where we need to forgive and let go of people in our past because they've hurt us. Well, thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him and today i want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven and so i want to lead you in a prayer right now and i would really love for you to say this prayer with me and then straight after this prayer i would love you to do something for me but hey let's pray right now 
Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.